بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحم رحمۃ رسول الکریم اماد الحمد للہ جنائی از دا فرسٹ آف جون ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزنڈ اینڈ of the eminent companion, Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu. And I'm mentioning various blessed reports in which we're taking a glimpse into his awesome worship throughout his blessed life. So indeed, this noble man radiyallahu, he never lost an opportunity in which to acquire good deeds. Take for instance the following report related by Abu Al-Ahwas Al-Juthabi Rahmatullahi who said Once whilst Abdullah ibn Mas'ud was delivering a sermon a snake was seen slithering on the wall he immediately stopped his sermon and struck it with his staff until he had killed it he thereupon said he who kills a snake Another report mentions or a scorpion. It is as though he killed a polytheist whose life has become lawful. Subhanallah. This is recorded in Imam Ahmad in his Musnad 1-394, Bazaar in his Musnad 2-71, Al-Haytami in Majma Az-Zawaid 4-46, Hafiz Dimyati in his Al-Majjal Al-Rabi Fi Thawab Al-Aman Al-Salih number 1832, Hayat Al-Sahaba volume 5, page 350 of the New English Translation. So he's delivering a sermon and he sees a snake. Now what's interesting, a lot of people naturally recall from snakes because obviously they're usually poisonous and the person fears for his life. But you get the impression that the companions are the complete opposite. <laughs> so he sees a snake. So a natural reaction would have been, you know, beware, watch out, there's a snake. <laughs> What does he do? He doesn't even tell anybody else to strike the snake. He goes, he stops the sermon and he's got a staff and he kills it. And then he says to the people, he who kills a snake or a scorpion, it is though he's killed a polytheist whose life has become lawful. So look at the reward. So you get rewarded uh, for killing uh, snakes. It's like you've killed a non-believer whose life has become lawful. Now what's interesting, polytheist likened to snakes. <laughs> so it's very interesting. So he said, he who kills a snake, it is though he's killed a polytheist whose life has become love. But the analogy also indicates that it shows that there's no good i.e. in the people who associate others with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I also mentioned many times that he was physically flailed. But notice, it doesn't matter how physically frail you are. If you've got the heart of a lion, you're not bothered. Mm. And it shows that physically, you know, he, the snake probably would have bit him and you think that's the end of it. But he took it on immediately and he killed it. Mm. It's important to highlight that there's a few rulings. But this is similar to another report in which Abdullah ibn Mas'ud himself said, Radiyallah, once... Whilst we were with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in a cave in Mina, Surah wal-Mursalat 
Surah 77 was revealed to him. He recited it and I was learning it directly from his blessed mouth. Verily indeed his mouth was moist with it. When a snake leaped out towards us, the Prophet said, Kill it. Thus we quickly went after it, but it managed to escape. The Prophet thereupon said, It was protected from your evil as you were protected from its evil. So let's look at it. So this is recorded in Sayyid Bukhari, number 3317, Sayyid Muslim, number 2234, Ahmad in his Musnad, number 4004, 4005, 4068, 4069, Sayyid Ibn Kathir's Tafsir, Ma'arifu Quran, volume 8.674 of the English translation. So it's a flawless report. So now what's interesting, Surah Mursalat is one of the Makkan Surahs, one of the earliest Surahs, Surah 77. It was revealed in Mina. So like I mentioned, Mina is a very holy place. It's one of the places where the Haji spends most of his time during the Hajj rites. So it's not a coincidence that Quran was, was being revealed there. Another fascinating thing, he was in a cave. Why? There was mountains there. So question goes through the mind, why was Rasulullah in a cave in Mina? Allah Ta'ala knows best. Who was with him? <laughs> Abdullah ibn Mas'ud And he said he was reciting it. So look at the honor. They were the first to hear it. You know, think of the honor given to the Sahaba. Nobody's heard those verses ever. Suddenly human beings are hearing it. They were the first. Because it was moist. Because he was still moist. And a snake emerged. The Prophet said, Aqtuluha, kill it. Because we quickly went after it. But it managed to escape. And the Prophet said, It was protected from your evil as you were protected from his evil. So note, he was trained by the Prophet to kill snakes. You know, don't think that he just like, you know, natural you know, innate reaction. It was something the Prophet told him to do. However, when you're killing snakes, this is very important. One should strive to kill it with the first strike. We don't torture snakes. For our beloved messenger mentioned, He who kills a snake in the first strike, then 100 good deeds are recorded in his favor. In the second strike, he will receive less than this. And in the third strike, he will receive even less than that. This is in Sayyid Muslim 4-1758, Hafiz Dibyati in Al-Majjar Al-Rabi Fi Thawab Al-Amal Al-Salih, number 1833. So, it's an ilm. <laughs> so obviously I think the head, you take the head off is dead. <laughs> First strike, you get the maximum reward. If it takes two strikes, you receive less rewards. Meaning you're putting it through unnecessary harm or pain. Unless, the more. So we don't torture snakes, we just kill them. Another important point is, that in the city of the Prophet there's a special command where he said there are snakes in the dwellings. Give them, tell them to leave. If they don't leave within three days, then you can kill them. 
So that's the rough meaning of the hadith in Sayyid Muslim. So what does that mean? That you live with a snake for three days. What it means is that you leave if you wish, but you give it three days opportunity to leave in the holy city of the Prophet. And if it leaves, it's a jinn. If it's not, it's a snake, then you kill it. Because the, the whole incident mentions that uh, a young Ansari got married, radiyallahu. And when he went back to his dwelling, later his wife's outside and he got so angry because obviously Haya. And she goes, don't get angry. He goes, look what's happened inside. So the Ansar walks in and he sees a huge snake coiled around the bed. So he goes straight for it to kill it, strikes it, but the snake manages to get a bite. And the report goes, we don't know who died first, whether it was the Ansar or the snake. Then the Prophet said those words about the snakes. Because there's jinns. Because give them the opportunity to leave. So this is the background. So again, there's a few things. And also there's another Christian report. It's mentioned in the Sayyid that Abdullah ibn Umar was going around killing snakes. <laughs> Young Sahaba at the time. Umar's most famous son. And his uncle saw him. Zayd ibn al-Khattab. He goes, nephew, slow down. He goes, and he told him about the jinn. <laughs> he goes, don't just go around killing snakes. He goes, this, you know, and that also highlights that you, when you get a hadith of the Prophet, you might not have understood the command. So the lesson there is first get the hadith. Of course, you know, we want to hear the hadith of the Prophet. But what does it mean? Then the faqih explains the implications of that. His incredible love of worship can also be gauged from the following narration. In Razin and Mishkat, in the chapter on the sick, Shaqiq, Rahmatullah, he relates. Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu he once fell ill and we thus went to visit him. When we arrived, he started to weep. On being reproved, I, by other companions, he explained, I am not weeping because of illness. I have heard Rasulullah say, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, al-maradu kaffara, Illness is an atonement of sins. I'm not weeping because of that. Mm. I am weeping because this illness has come to me when I have become weak and did not come when I was active. Why? For when a servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala falls ill, there is then recorded for him such rewards as was being recorded for him before he became ill. And the illness thus prevented him from performing it. So, so let's look at this. So he's ill. People go to visit. Immense rewards mentioned. He's weeping. So that confused some people. Because why is he weeping? So some of the companions, they actually told him off. Because why are you weeping? So he explained, because I'm not weeping because I'm ill. Because I know full well the Prophet mentioned illness is an atonement because I'm weeping because I'm only going to get the rewards for what I would do now when I was healthy but I'm not very healthy <laughs> if I had got this illness when I was younger I would have got much more rewards because those deeds would have been more <laughs> so think about that what mindset was he in you know if a younger old person gets ill you know, we, you know alhamdulillah but they were thinking if I got it when I was ill, I would have got more rewards. This most noble man said and thought this, despite the fact that Anas relates that our beloved messenger said, that Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, wa wa jalali, By my honor and glory, 
I do not take out anybody from the world who I intend to forgive till I compensate for each of his sins which hangs on his neck by illness in his body and scarcity of provision. Subhanallah. This is in Razin and Mishkat in the chapter on the sick. So let's look at the Hadith Kutsi where Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself is speaking. So now think about it. Allah the Almighty is swearing an oath. How, how unique is that? We swear oaths because we're creation. The Creator is swearing an oath. Meaning this is very important. And what does he swear by? His Izza and his Jalal. Izza is his honor, Jalal is his splendor. Because I swear by my honor and splendor. Then what did he what was he getting to explaining to us subhanahu wa ta'ala? I do not take out anybody from the world. Meaning they will not die who I intend to forgive until I take away every one of his sins hanging on his neck to his illness in his body, scarcity of provision. Now what's interesting, we all know about illness. Somebody goes, what's the second thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says? Scarcity of provision. Now what does that mean? It means that when you are struggling, you know, you're thinking, I'm finding it difficult to make ends meet. I'm trying. Allah is forgiving you for that condition. Now look how strange, a lot of people don't know that. They think, I must be, you know, I must be unblessed. <laughs> and he goes, no brother, Allah Ta'ala is looking after you. <laughs> when you're ill, he's looking after you. Look how strange to an atheist. Imagine you go to an atheist. You say, you know, when I get ill, John, I'm over the moon. <laughs> and why is that then, Muhammad? <laughs> and then he goes, because God's looking after me. <laughs> you think you're brainwashed. <laughs> then he goes, John, someone else. <laughs> when I'm finding it hard to pay the bills, Finding it hard to make ends meet. I love that as well. <laughs> Why is that then? God loves me. <laughs> They'll never understand that. But Allah Ta'ala said, I've sworn a custom. And also Hassan al-Basri said something very interesting here. He mentioned that when Allah Ta'ala loves a servant, he gives him and then he stops <laughs> until he's exhausted it. When he uses it, he gives him more. Then he stops. <laughs> now what's interesting about that? That's a very interesting way of Allah Ta'ala giving to you. If he opens the floodgates, does that mean he loves you? No. There might be destruction for you. But if you are getting, and then you think, what's happened? Who's turned the tap off? That's a sign that Allah Ta'ala is looking after you. Why? Because he doesn't want to give you from the world. Just use that, I'll give you more. Like you said to a person, here, take this, when you finish, come back to me. That is a partially explaining this. Allah Ta'ala's qasm, scarcity of provision. Because there's something called istidraj. Istidraj is destructive. What it basically means is, if a person is disobedient, then and you notice that Allah Ta'ala has given him everything. That is istidraj, the Prophet said. Meaning, he goes into delusion. So let me give you an example. The hadith is in Ahmad Bayhaqi and Mishkat about istidraj. You get a person, let's say he's dealing drugs. Everything's going sweet. No problems with his house. No problems with his family. Everybody's healthy. 
He's got more money than sense. You know, everything's going sweet. You can't, you know, not a cloud in the sky. That's istidraj. Why? Because he now thinks God loves him. He looks after He's got a special spot for me. How's he got a special spot for you? He's dealing drugs. Then the Prophet said, Allah takes him out when he least expects. So in his like, you know, that cloud cuckoo land is in. All of a sudden, what happens? Dead drops. No chance for Tawbah, no chance for anything. Now compare that. Outwardly, we're thinking, he must be blessed. I'm getting smashed. And the response is, no, you're not getting smashed. You're getting smashed in the worldly sense. But in reality, Allah is looking after you. Another thing about those oppressors, the hadith is in Tabarani. The Prophet said, Allah takes out an oppressor with another oppressor. That's one of his sunnats. So what do you notice about these gangsters and drug dealers? Who takes them out? Mulan is up. It's another gangster, another drug dealer. So note again, we should be thinking deeply how Allah deals with his servants. But notice Ibn Mas'ud, he loved it, but he was weeping because he was, I'm, I'm old now and I've got ill. Those notice that Abdullah Ibn Mas'ud had filled his entire blessed life in worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and really had no time for any futility. Why? Because if you are doing what you're supposed to be doing, you haven't got time. When people retire, the Muslims, it's a great bounty. Why? Because he thinks now I can focus upon my worship, even though work is worship. A person who's not practicing, when he retires, what happens? You see him, it starts deteriorating. Health starts going. Why? Because he's got no purpose. He's got a vacuum. He's got his gold watch. You got to ask your know, photograph from his workmates. Off you go, mate. <laughs> Happy pension. <laughs> Why? Because there's no worship. But if you're worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you love those times. You're thinking, Alhamdulillah. <laughs> One of the salaf said, May Allah bless my son. Because why are you making special du'as for your son? He goes, he sorted out my world so I can focus on the akhirat. <laughs> One of the shuyuk said, Mari yung, you can retire yung. <laughs> Pension plan, that's the pension plan. Marry young, why? Because when you get old, hopefully you'll be blessed with sons and daughters for that matter as well. But usually the sons are the breadwinners. And what happens? They even tell their parents, look, dad, you don't need to work. Just relax. We'll do it. Then what happens? Okay, put And what du'as do they start making for you? Because we can go to Hajj, we can do Umrah, we can go back home, see family, this, that. Because, boy, if you get a crackpot son, he has to do double time. Allah. I'm working for his kids now, right? Your grandkids, what happened to him? He got locked up. So note again, he didn't have time for futility. How do we know that he had no time for futility? This was a praiseworthy state because Rasulullah said it. Said Allah, said, Ibrahim ibn Maysal said, It has reached me that Abdullah ibn Mas'ud once passed by some lagh, futile words with contempt. And just turned away from it. When Rasulullah heard this, وسلم, he said, Indeed, Ibn Mas'ud has become dignified. He then recited Surah 25, verse 72, which I'll mention in a bit. 
So this is recorded in Ibn Asakir in his Tariq Dimishq, volume 33, page 128. Ibn Abi Hatim in his Tafsir, number 15,463-4. Ibn Jalil in his Tafsir, volume 19, page 316. Ibn Kathir, Marif al-Quran, volume 6, page 517 of the English translation. And Shaykh al-Bani, rahmatullahi, mentions there's a weakness in his Ad-Da'ifa, number 1167. So what happened? Ibn Mas'ud, he passed by a group of people and they were they were talking love. Love means just empty words. Nice weather. You know, a bit nippy today, isn't it? Yeah, that sort of talk. He turned away from it. That's all he did. Just in other words, I ain't got time for this. Now if you look at his worship, you couldn't understand that. Right? And then when he walked away, this reached the Prophet. How did he respond to that? He goes, verily, Ibn Mas'ud has become dignified. And he recited. Now, what did he recite? Surah 25, verse 72. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, A'udhu billahi min ash-shaitan al-rajim. وَالَّذِينَ لَا يَشْهَدُونَ الزُّورَ وَإِذَا مَرُّوا بِاللَّغْوِ سَرُّوا قِرَامًا those who do not witness azur, gather, i.e. gatherings of falsehood, music, when they pass by some Allah, i.e. nonsense, they pass by with dignity. So what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? These are the noble ones. They witness, they don't witness azur. Now what is azur? Azur is, I'm going to mention it, it means singing with instruments and gatherings of falsehood. They don't witness that. They keep away from it. And when they pass by love, they pass by kirama with dignity. So what did the Prophet say about Ibn Mas'ud? He has become dignified. He turned away from love. So what do you notice? He's living Quran. He's actually living the Quran. Now what's interesting to add a few details here. Our loving Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala has praised the one who turns away from nonsense when he hears it. Where? In Surah Al-Qasas, Surah 28, verse 55. Allah the Almighty and Glorious, He says, وَإِذَا سَمِعُوا اللَّغْوَ أَعْرَدُوا عَنْهُ وَقَالُوا لَنَا أَأَمَالُنَا وَلَكُمْ أَأَمَالُكُمْ سَلَامٌ عَلَيْكُمْ لَا نَبْدَغِ الْجَاهِلِينَ and whenever they hear love, nonsense, they turn away and they say, we have our deeds, you have yours. Peace be upon you. We do not seek the company of ignorant people. So what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? He praises the one when they hear nonsense, love, they turn away and they say, we have our deeds, you have yours. Salaamu alaykum. We don't seek the company of ignorant people. Allah Ta'ala describes them as dignified in this verse, Surah 25, verse 72. So now, if you look at the verse, Surah 25, verse 72, very important to explain what Zur is. Muhammad ibn al-Hanafiyah, Rahmatullah he said, Azur, here is Ghina, I singing. Azur, here is Ghina, I singing. This is recorded in Abd ibn Humayd al-Firyabi ibn Abi Hatim in his tafsir number 15,450 
So Allah says, they don't witness Zood. They don't witness singing according to Ali's illustrious son, Muhammad al-Hanafiyah. Mujahid gave the same meaning. In Ibn Jadid in his Tafsir, volume 19, page 313, Zood means singing. So now, Azur is singing Ghina. What is Ghina? We have to describe it because singing it just means you're singing to yourself. <laughs> in Fat al Badi, volume 10, page 55, Lesan al Arab, volume 15, page 136, Ghina is to utter words with a rhythm, to repeat the sound through poetry, to raise one's voice and prolong the sound, repeating it over and over with or without a tune whether it is accompanied by music or not. So what is Ghina? What does Allah Ta'ala frown upon? Subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's basically rhythmic singing. With or without, it's like a repeat. And they've actually got a word for that, the verse. They even call it the verse, which you repeat. You know, if songs have got these, they're called catches. He goes, you repeat whether it has music or not. In the Quran it mentions, in Surah Luqman, salam, Surah 31 verse 6, And of mankind is he who buys lahwa al-hadith, idle speech, to mislead others from the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala without knowledge, and who takes it in ridicule. Those indeed will have a humiliating punishment. So another verse of the Quran. So what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? There's some people, they buy, they literally purchase it. Lahwal hadith. And that literally translates idle speech. They're buying useless speech. Then Allah ta'ala says to mislead others from the path of Allah without knowledge and take it in ridicule. They will have a humiliating punishment. What is being referred to here? Abdullah ibn Abbas, he said, Al-Ghina'u wa ashbahu. It was sent down regarding Ghina and its like. I singing, which I mentioned, with or without musical instruments. This is in Ibn Jarir's tafsir, Bukhari's Allah double Muflad, number 1265. And Shaykh al-Bani, Rahmatullah, states Sahih, in his checking of Allah double Muflad, number 955. So what did Ibn Abbas say? Al-Ghina'u wa Ashbahu. It was sent down regarding Ghina and it's like. No other than Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. What did he say about this verse? He was asked about Lahwal Hadith. He said, It is Ghina by the one and only God. It is Ghina by the one and only God. It is Ghina by the one and only God. He repeated this three times. This is in Hakim Sahih, Behaki in his Shu'ab al-Iman, Ibn Abi Shayba in his Al-Musannaf, Ibn Jarir in his Tafsir, Volume 11, page 61, Malif al-Quran, Volume 7, page 48 of the English translation. So that's why it's important to get the definition. What is Ghina? So people say music. And you're like, but it doesn't mean music. Ghina is to utter words with a rhythm. Repeat the sound through poetry. To raise one's voice, prolong the sound, repeating it over and over with or without a tune, whether it is accompanied by music or not. And the Quran is condemning that. And Ibn Masood was highlighting what it means, because I swear by God it means that. And to finish, 
In Abdul Razak, it is Al Musannaf, number 19,481 or 10 397, Sahih. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, he said, If a man rides his animal and does not mention the name of Allah the Most High, subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Shaitan will sit behind him saying, Sing. Then if he is not good at singing, Shaitan will tell him, Wish I that you have this. So who's telling you this? The one whose life we're going through. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu. So is he qualified? So what's he saying? He says, when you get on your transport, now it's the car. And you don't take Allah's name, who sits behind you. Backseat. For Allah, imagine. How many taxi drivers, shaitan's in backseat. What do you mean? Hasn't taken Allah's name. What do you think is going to sit behind? Malaik. And what does he do? Now look how interesting. He whispers to the one who's driving, sing. And what do you notice that person starts doing? And you walk past, but you what's going on there? He's having a fit. Having a little, uh, little jiggle in there, mashallah. And then what happens? You say to yourself, I haven't got a good voice. Then he whispers, wish. Oh, you, you wish for it, you just practice. So why is Shaitan wanting you to sing? Just to pass time, have a good laugh like we do, like kids playing little games. He knows that causes Allah Ta'ala's displeasure. And that's why it's so important you get into the car, Bismillah. Bismillah, you know, stay in Allah Ta'ala's name, at least say Bismillah. People say, I don't know the word. Don't you know Bismillah, brother? If you don't know that, then go to church in it. Astaghfirullah. You know, at least say Bismillah. It's always in my heart. It doesn't matter if it's in you. You've got to say it. Otherwise, you're going to have a free customer in bike. And then what happens? Human shaitan's coming with him. In the next minute, it's a party taking place in, in Kab. Astaghfirullah. So all I mentioned today, again, was Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu and a glimpse into his phenomenal worship. And most of the session was with regards to when he fell ill and his view, his understanding with regards to Ghina. Are there any questions you want to ask? Subhanallah bihamdi, subhanallah Allahumma bihamdika ashulai lahi illa anta astaghfirika atubu alayka wa dhibillahi minashan al-zim subhanallah rabbika rabbil izzati amma yisifun assalamu ala rabbil salim wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen bismillahi rahmanir rahim wal asr in the sun lafi khusr ladina amunu wa amil as-salhan wa al-wasbil haq wa al-wasbil sabr sallallahu alayhi wa sallam